Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. And we're back. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your first time at University of Adversity. Welcome to the family. If you're back and you're a regular, I love you. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) I appreciate all you guys so much and continue to just want to bring you value, more value and more incredible people with incredible stories. That's pretty much what this is. And I just love connecting with people who are making an impact, who have been able to turn negatives into positives, all that good stuff. Learning to dance with adversity. You guys have heard me say that before. Taking the, taking the dark times and turning them into bright light. That's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. And, you know, you got to learn to appreciate the down times just as much as the good times because they all have a purpose. Today's conversation was a lot of fun. I had one of my old friends from back in the restaurant days, Aaron Trelore from Raw Beauty Talks, a very successful podcast. And she's got a great business going and she's just doing amazing things. And we get into a lot of really good conversation. It's, it's challenging because these talks, I could talk for hours with some of these people. And Aaron was one of them where I like had to watch the clock. Cause I'm like, Hey, I mean, I hope, you know, does she have something else to do right now? <laughs> cause like I keep going on and on. I get so excited as you guys could probably tell. And we got into some stuff and we're connected to some people that are doing amazing things. And, She's just just a great person and you guys will get a lot of value. And if you haven't already, pause this and go check out her show, Raw Beauty Talks, on iTunes or wherever you listen. Subscribe, leave a review, tell her you heard her talk on University of Adversity and send her a message, whatever. That would mean a lot to me to, to really, you know, to I love promoting people who have shows that are doing amazing things. So make sure you go do that. Also, guys, share this with a friend. If you haven't before, subscribe review i know that can be annoying to hear everybody says that if you don't want to do that just text a friend be like hey have you heard university of adversity before well no here it is or send the link do something i really really appreciate it because we want to grow this thing and it's about value 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 and getting into people's lives we show up three times a week to bring you the heat it's going to continue i got more amazing people coming in the next few months they're going to blow your guys's minds and as you guys have probably noticed since day one I've come a long way. I've grown a lot in this journey. I'm almost at 100 episodes and I listen to the first couple and I cringe and it's kind of funny watching the growth. So anyways, Aaron Trelore, this is a great episode. You guys are going to love it. We get into spirituality. We get into all kinds of stuff and it gets, it's a lot of fun. So here we go. Aaron Trelore, everybody coming right up. Aaron, what's happening? Oh, I am so excited to talk to you today. It has been a while, Lance. Yeah, I'm so excited to connect with you as well. And it's been probably, what? So what year are we now? 2019 has probably been, what, nine, nine years? Oh my God, or? I don't even want to think about it. We, <laughs> Lance and I go back to our serving years. You were bartending. Uh, yeah. You were like one of the cool bartenders. Well, thank and you. I was serving tables. Um, at this restaurant called Earl's and we were just before we started recording reminiscing on 
oh my God, the bad choices that we made (laughs) (laughs) at that stage in life. It's so funny because I think back to that time and just what an impact working in that, that restaurant industry and what went on for the next 10 years. It had such an impact. I met so many Mm -hmm. amazing people, so many amazing relationships and seeing so many people do amazing things. It's crazy. Yeah. No, you know what? I think that also from an individual perspective, when you work in the service industry, you learn so much. You learn how to communicate, how to connect with all different types of people, how to be of service in the world, how to show up and actually just, you know, deliver what somebody needs that day. So while it was like a lot of fun working in that environment, you're also learning so many new skills. It's something I always like look for when I'm hiring somebody is whether or not they've had a job in the service industry, because I feel like you learn so many invaluable things that just can't be taught necessarily. I totally agree. And it's like, it's not even, it's, it's, it's how to treat humans properly as well. It's Mm -hmm. like, once you've worked in that space, you understand how difficult it is and how you see people sometimes you're like, wow, how can people treat others like that? And you really get that respect for somebody that's trying their best, you know, mm-hmm. and that you oh, yeah. want to help them and you, and, and you learn that, and, you know, until you're in that situation where you can see it from the other side and to see what it takes to be able to connect with people, multitask, remember, do all this stuff. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And you take it for granted. And now I look back in my life and I'm like, man, those were some of the most valuable skills that I could have, I could have ever learned. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, no, it's really, it's, it's so good. And I am so excited about what you're doing for everybody in the intro. I talked about it with raw beauty talks, it's such an important thing. And I think your podcast is awesome, especially today, this day and age with social media and all the bullshit that goes on and all the fakeness. And I really, can appreciate the angle that you're coming from. So, you know, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a journey. It's a very personal project and something that stemmed out of my own experience with adversity. And so I hope that people can feel that when they land on our Instagram page or when they're listening to the podcast or reading through blog posts, it is a true story of overcoming adversity and the passion that can be lit up from going through that. And so, yeah, it's been a joy to work on it. And um, it really is. It's the thing aside from my family that gets me out of bed in the morning and keeps me super excited about life. Yeah. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about adversity and and it comes, it shows up in all of our lives, right? We we need it. We need it to grow. I've connected with so many amazing um, women and men on the show, people, spiritual people, people who have like been on like the worst journeys, gone through the worst shit, be able to, you know, come and see the bright light. And I just think it's so valuable that each story is so important because one person could hear something that they can relate to and then mm. get that, like they think differently. Mm-hmm. Right. At a ha moment. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, I can connect with that person. That person is, is, is my people. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's so powerful that way. It is so powerful. I think innately within us as human beings, we are desperate to belong and to find a sense of community. So in sharing stories and in being vulnerable and in opening up, 
we allow other people to connect with us. And at the end of the day, like that is what the human experience is all about. So while it can be really hard to uh, talk about <laughs> our moments of adversity, to talk about those vulnerable times, it is one of the greatest gifts that we can give other people and that we can receive when we're going through those times ourselves because we are all going to go through them. So I've found whether it was, you know, my eating disorder in high school or going through postpartum anxiety and panic attacks after having my daughter, that I was desperate to know that I wasn't the only weirdo, quote unquote, who was going through this at this time. Like I needed to see role models and other people out there who had gone through the same thing and come out the other side. And we know when we um, look at recovery from adversity or recovery from challenging moments, that one of the most powerful things that we can have is a vision of possibility, is just this idea that it is possible to get through this dark period that we're in. And just having that hope is sometimes enough to allow us to start making choices that will get us out of it. So I just want to say, you know, thank you to anybody out there who is opening up in any way to share their story, whether it's with one person or on a podcast, whatever it is, it makes a difference and it matters. And also those stories so often can become our greatest purpose in life. So while it doesn't ever feel like that when you're in the middle of one of those like dark patches, there is so much light that can come from it. Absolutely. That vulnerability is so important for healing as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel, you know, since we talked, like since we, there's been so much shit go on in my life over the years, like that I started sharing and that's why I started the podcast. I didn't know that that would be such a factor in my healing. Mm -hmm. But every time I talk, every time I tell the story or connect, it, it helps me as well. It's almost like a selfish way of healing. It's, it, it, you know, you tell your story, and you connect, and it's like, well, I'm that much better today. I feel that much better than I did last time, you know? Absolutely. I mean, Brene Brown has talked about this over and over again. We often feel so much shame around our dark moments. So whether you've lost someone and you're grieving, whether you have depression or anxiety, whether you didn't get that job that you were going for. We carry so much shame around the darkness because we're not seeing it a lot. It feels like we're the only one going through it. When we open up, it allows us to, it doesn't allow the shame to live anymore, essentially. It busts the shame apart and that's what starts to free us. So it makes sense that as we talk about these things, as we open up, as we let people see all sides of us, the shame can no longer live. And that's when it starts to feel good again. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, and, and you get more comfortable because everybody else is going through stuff. You know, people just may seem like, you know how you grow up, you're like, oh, that perfect family or that perfect person. It's never like that. No. Everybody, no. Certain people are just better at the game. They're better at hiding it. It's like, nobody's got it figured out. Nobody has it figured out. And I think like social media is making it really seem like a lot of people have it figured out yeah. and that life is perfect. But, you know, I work with a lot of um, people who are considered influencers, who have been in the media and individuals who would be considered, you know, some of the most beautiful people 
um, if you're looking at like a standard type of media's beauty. But so often they're the ones who are struggling the most. And so we really have to remember that what we're seeing on social media, what we're seeing in media is not the full story. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with the fact that these people are struggling. It's just we don't get to see any of that struggle often. Unless you follow somebody like Caitlin Bristow, who's awesome at, you know, every once in a while opening up and being super vulnerable about the things that she's gone through. So, um, yeah, I, I always really encourage people with social to do the odd detox, to figure out who's like making you feel more energized and inspired and to unfollow the people who are no longer leaving you with those feelings. You are the master of your account. You get to cultivate your whole feed and what you're consuming with your mind is as important as the food you are consuming. It's as important as the exercise that you're doing. So if you really want to succeed at life, if you want to get to that next level, you have to become like a guardian of the media that you're consuming and the information that's in your phone. And let me tell you that that's not easy because we are addicted to our phones. So you've got to start putting systems and structures in place so that you are preventing yourself from falling down that addictive tunnel. Oh man, I couldn't <laughs> agree with you more than that. And I almost, got, I got goosebumps because I, I think and talk about this so much and your energy is so important. We don't realize it that the, how many of these external things can rob us of our energy. It's funny because I never watch the news. I never watch any of that crap, but you know, I go to visit family and family's watching the news. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden I'm going down this, like hearing this negative, this fear. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? I don't even care about this. I don't know about this, but all of a sudden I'm like, I need this. I got to buy this. I'm scared of this. It's yeah. like, what is happening? So now I have to, I have to get rid of that shit. I can't have cable and watch that stuff or even Netflix. Some of the stuff it's like, Whoa, what is this doing to me? It yeah. literally lowers your vibe, especially yeah. if you're going to bed, if you're oh, going to sleep and you watch this stuff that lowers your vibration. It's like, what do you think is going to happen? You're yeah. just going to store that. <laughs> Totally. And, and it's like these people, and especially on social media, it's like, I agree, you got to unfollow the people that make you feel bad. It's like, you know, and, and they're, they're showing off their, their, their Lamborghinis and all this crap and like making it feel like you don't have enough. That's fine if you want to buy that stuff, but like understand, you know, the value that you have and that you don't need that mm -hmm. to, to be a happy human. Oh, no? I know. Preach, honestly. It's, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's so hard not to get sucked down the tunnel and it's hard to know as well like how do you maintain that line and that balance of staying connected to the world and current events and understanding you know our global community but also not getting lost in it which is something I'm a sensitive person and I read these stories and will literally be in tears and it's like I'm constantly emailing my husband can we donate to this and how do you feel about that and he's like oh my god <laughs> yeah but, you know, it's, it is, as I said, really managing and controlling your, your phone, that piece yeah. of media that you constantly have in your hand, and the shows that you're watching. What's the, there's a Netflix movie that's out right now, and I watched it because it's a series. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about the Chicago Five and the oh. young men who were charged wrongly for a murder of a woman in Central Park. And it's a true story. And I think it's so important that people watch and understand these things because there's are some cultural shifts that need to happen. Yeah. But how do you not get lost in that? How do you not 
as you said, let it lower your vibe for the rest of time and just, you know, get caught in that negative pit. Yeah. I think it's a skill that we're dealing with, right? Of course, like we gotta be, we gotta be aware of what's happening. Right. But like you there, it's a skill. It's, it's a, a skill. Sk- it really is. And that's the, what we're dealing with now. Yeah. Especially our generation where we know a different world before. And now this is the world. The generation coming up now doesn't know a different world. Social media is their world. Yeah. So there wasn't the unplugging feeling that we have. So now it's like, okay, how do I take the good without getting lost in the bad that comes with it as well? And I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of like anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's staying conscious. I think there's so many patterns and habits that we get into that are kind of unconscious. And so um, one of the things that I do is I plug my phone in at night in our bathroom so that it's not right beside me. I didn't do that last night. I don't know why I was, I think exhausted and I just, you know, fell into bed. And this morning I immediately grabbed my phone and went on my phone and my husband looked over at me and he's like, you make or break your day in the first hour and a half, babe, what are you doing? And sure enough, I'm scrolling Instagram. So these, these habits that we can fall into are, that's where we have to have those systems. Like I cannot go to sleep with my phone beside the bed because unconsciously as I'm waking up, that's the first thing I grab because there's all these notifications and things that feel important in the moment. But little that's dopamine hits. Little dopamine hits and I'm taking it. I'm tired <laughs> and I can't control myself. Yeah. <laughs> Get your phone F out of your bedroom and, yeah. and put it away. We do um, something called power hours as well, uh, both Scott and I, where we'll text and say, we'll text our nanny and I'll say, Text Scott if anything comes up in the next hour. I'm going in for a power hour. Phones are away. Your apps on your computer and, and all of your many screens that you have open are closed, and you focus on one task at hand, and that task gets your full attention because usually we're flipping between all the screens, and oh, I'm texting, and a notification just came through on my phone, and we're talking to someone. So block out those times, create that system. Uh, create that space for the power hour so that you can really unlock your full creativity and get shit done. Well, what, okay. So let's break that down. What is, what is the perfect situation for you to, to give you the best start to your day? Mm. Like maybe walk us through your, there's, you know, because this is so important and I love that we're going there right now because that being in reactive mode all day is the worst thing you can do. You need to take control. You need to get in the driver's seat, right? Yeah, yeah, you do. So absolutely having my phone out of sight, out of mind. I do have two young kids. They're four and two. So listen, some mornings James is like coming in to tell me that he took a poo and I have to deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) But in my ideal world, in my ideal world, I would get up. I would do a couple of gratitudes in my head. I would take five minutes to do what I call a mental rehearsal super quick I just imagine myself living the outcome that I want for Mm -hmm. myself so for me in the last year after having the postpartum anxiety that's really like tapping into my most calm vibrant well self and when I talk about wellness it's a feeling versus a specific look it's not me having a six-pack it's me feeling grounded, feeling connected to my body, putting nourishing foods into my body, taking time to close my computer and go for a walk, reading a book at night instead of watching Netflix or you know being on my computer. So we know with mental rehearsals, they're a really powerful tool for helping to change our habits because as we visualize in detail the outcome that we want, 
our brain has chemical reactions that start to link that outcome to pleasure. And pleasure is what drives our habit loops. So if we can get this really detailed vision going in our mind and we can create that chemical reaction as if it's actually happening, it starts to make it easier to make choices that lead us down that path. And this isn't, this isn't like hocus pocus. This is research-based. I mean, we all know athletes have been doing this for years yeah. and years, right? They visualize the game. They visualize their golf swing before they hit it. But what if we started doing that for our own life? What if you started imagining yourself, this future version of you showing up exactly as you want to show up? And forget about all the Lamborghinis and that shit. Just focus yeah. on the feeling that you want to create in your life. Focus on your core desired feelings. Do you want to be confident? Are you feeling power? Do you feel a sense of freedom? Um, how are you moving? What does your posture look like? Uh, what, what is the space that you're in? Is there a lot of natural light? Or do you have like a cozy, warm space? Are you with people? Are you by yourself? Start to picture that and create that within your body. So I would do that and then, um, yeah, I would hang with my kids and we'd have a slow breakfast with like Disney music in the background. I always have my omega-3s, um, collagen with a hot lemon water, um, and I have a rule with myself, I don't leave before I've eaten breakfast. Um, so that's, that's kind of the basis and then out the door and into the office. What's your breakfast look like? What's how? how so it goes back and forth. I'll either have toast with peanut butter and banana or um, avocado and a little bit of like rock salt, or I'll have yogurt, granola, and fruit Ooh. with flaxseed and chia. Cool. Or a smoothie. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I really love that because I talk about this all the time. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm sure you are. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm obsessed with them, like becoming supernatural. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about and visualizing. And it's not hocus pocus at all. And this is the reality we live. We're energy. We can literally create what we want to create. But you have to see it first. If you can see it, you can create it. That's just the way it is. And I, be I fully believe that now. I never believed mm -hmm. that before. All the years until recently. Yeah. It's hard to believe until you start to feel it yourself yeah, because you, otherwise it just seems so abstract. And so until you start to experience it, yeah. sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom in order yeah. to like force you to try something new. Um, it is hard to wrap your head around. It yeah. for sure is. I also really liked how in your podcast, how you kind of, you paint the picture. You're like, you're like, put on your comfy pants, get out your wine, get out yes. this. And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is awesome because that's like, it's getting, it's setting the tone for people. And that's really well done. I really like that. I was like, wow, that's. Uh, oh, well, yeah, no, I just I like to. That. I appreciate that in people's, in people's work, you know, because even that, like just somebody getting in the zone for listening to your show. You know what? I have to do it because otherwise, as you know, you're sitting in this room by yourself looking at a computer <laughs> screen. So it feels very unintimate. So I have to like do the visualization. Ooh. If I'm sitting with one person and I know exactly what she looks like, what she's going through, I know what she's feeling. Like I picture myself holding her hand in order for me to be able to connect. Otherwise, this work can be really isolating. <laughs> I agree. I'm actually going to start doing solo episodes. So I'm trying to figure out yes. the best, best way. It's almost like I need someone to ask me a question and then I'll just, because otherwise uh, I'm like, I hit record. I'm like, oh shit. 
No, it's so much harder. The solo episodes are so much harder. I know, I know, but you can do it. You've got to just get your notes down there and then do that. Imagine you're sitting with one person and you're just talking them through whatever it is. Um, I can't wait to listen to those though. Yeah. I, um, there's some stuff that I really, I've learned so much. Like I'm almost 90 episodes in here and I've learned like, I feel like I've, I've, I've got the cheat code to like people's lives. Like you sit down with some people for an hour a day, even this, like, it's just the energy, the vibe that you create is just like something I never expected. I never expected to get this out of podcasting. No, I know. I feel the same way. I, I leave every conversation feeling so inspired and, and re-energized and hopeful and all the things. So I know best job ever. Yeah. Best job ever. I, I, I kind of want to go deep into your, into a couple things here. I kind of want to know the lesson that you, because the, th- the thing is, is that when you go through these things, these, like you had an eating disorder and also you had two kids. And I know that that creates some issues as well with depression and that kind of things. And mm-hmm. in, in a lot of people, you know, and sometimes when you're going through those things, you don't really realize the lesson that it's teaching you until you kind of look back and realize like, oh, wow, what, what are some of the things and why do you think you went through the, the eating disorder? You know, like what, what do you think was the cause mm-hmm. and what was the takeaway looking back and kind of figuring that out and growing that you've been able to sort of pull out to help people that are maybe going through the same sort of thing? Yeah. So my eating disorder was not a result of a catastrophic event. I mean, I've worked with and have hear so many stories about people who've been through incredible physical trauma or really difficult childhood where it's easy to link an eating disorder and kind of determine where some of that emotional angst came from. Mm. Um, I was really lucky and grew up in a loving family and, you know, had a lot of opportunity but I was a perfectionist and I saw images in media and immediately thought these people are beautiful. These people have everything that I ever wanted, which at that time when you're like 15 years old is a boyfriend, a cool closet of clothes. I mean, all the superficial things. And so I was doing a lot of dance at the time. I decided following, you know, Shape Magazine or whatever's advice for losing five pounds off your hips in five days. I followed something like that. And I started to really dive into food and becoming interested in nutrition and working out and how many calories am I eating every day and how many calories out. It all started very innocently and in a way that is very accepted in our society. I mean, there are countless people talking about this stuff and there are countless people getting praise for their ability to stick to their diet or lose weight or transform their body. Um, that's the culture that we live in. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a very slippery slope. And when you're a young girl, um, or young man, a lot of, you know, a lot more men are struggling with this now too. You don't have the tools in place to start to recognize when it's getting out of control. You don't recognize when your mind is starting to do funny things. So at the time I was 5'11", 130 pounds. I did not have any weight to lose on my body already, Mm. but I felt like, you know, things could be more perfect. And so I very quickly lost about 20 pounds, at which point my mind started to not function properly. It's the same as if you didn't sleep for an extended period of time, you know, how you might start to get more anxious or your, um, 
you're just not thinking as clearly. And so that started to happen with the weight loss. And when I got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm feeling like maybe this has gone too far, my mind had already switched into overdrive. I could not stop counting calories. I could not stop exercising. Um, anytime I wanted to eat something that wasn't on my good or bad or wasn't on my um, good list, like this negative self-talk would start chirping in and saying, put that down, don't eat that. Like, why don't you save those calories for the next day? And it was constant. I had no mental capacity to think of anything else and no ability to switch this voice off. When I sat down to tell my mom, like, I think I actually do have a problem. She had already started to guess. I couldn't, no words came out because this like mental chatter was saying, don't tell her she's going to make you stop. Like she's the enemy, blah, blah, blah. So I was finally admitted into the hospital. I was 79 pounds. Mm. Um, which what my period had stopped. I was like, I was like a skeleton basically. And they really questioned whether or not I would make it out of it. I was told there's a high probability I would never be able to have kids. I didn't care at the time because I, I mean, all of that was just so far in the future. Um, thinking back now, like it makes me so sad because being a mom is like the most important thing in my life. And um, so the fact that that was compromised ever is super scary. But when I was in the hospital, they, they give you really strict um, measures of what you need to eat. You're doing therapy. You're eating all your meals supervised. Um, and having that structure meant that that voice within me no longer could have control. And so it's interesting reflecting now on how I really rely on systems and structure to keep my habits, um, you know, in a healthy place. So as soon as I was in that environment, that voice just shut up. It just turned off. It no longer had any ability to have power. Like I just couldn't listen to it. And so I felt like just this huge weight was taken off of me uh, within the first week of being there. I stayed for three months. Um, I got my weight back to a healthy place. I really created a foundation and learned some tools that, you know, I would carry for with me for the rest of my life. And I think the number one thing I learned is that it's okay to have help sometimes, that it's okay to have support, that therapy isn't scary, that it is actually really awesome and uh, super interesting to start to navigate yourself and understand yourself better. And that in doing that, you can create a much more successful version of yourself. So I think I kind of got um, a bit of an upper hand in a way because a lot of people don't understand that about therapy. And, um, and I, at 16, started to understand so much about myself. So when I left the hospital, I still, my mindset still wasn't where it needed to be. There was still a lot of focus on food and um, when things would get difficult or if I was having a bad week, I'd immediately revert back to calorie counting and, you know, my little journal of numbers. Um, and so it wasn't until I met a, a health coach who was very forward focused. What is the life you want to create for yourself? What does that feel like? What are you looking for? And we started to implement some of her tools that I was really able to take that next step to work on my mindset and to really find freedom from all of that stuff. Connecting to my work with Raw and our first interview series. So 
um, Ross, Raw Beauty Talk started as an interview series where we interviewed over 200 women. We talked about everything from like breast implants to acne, to confidence, to being bullied in school, like all the things I just wanted to talk to women about. And we photographed them without makeup, Photoshop, or filters. And at the time, it was really only Dove that was doing this. Like it wasn't, everybody's doing this right now. So it got a little bit of attention. And as soon as I started doing that, something just clicked. It was, I was connected to something bigger than my appearance. I was connected to something bigger than myself. And that really, really catapulted me into the next level of freedom from disconnecting from these to these superficial things like my weight or you know the way that I look or the the things that you have that we're all striving for so yeah wow yeah it's um you that's the thing sometimes you need those tools and and when you're going through when you're going through hard times you don't a lot of people don't have the tools mm-hmm. to get through you know like they suffer and they don't really know like how to get through it. Like what are some of the things though, like that you had that were given to you, like mindset stuff. You said you started to work on your mindset. Like what, mm-hmm. what are like the actionable things that people could do? Like what really yeah. helped you? Yeah. I'll talk about two things. So yeah. the first one is something that's applicable to everyone. Um, whether you've gone through an eating disorder or you're not, it's listening to your body and reconnecting to your body. So we are so disconnected from our body these days. Mm. We have, we live in a culture and a society where um, there are certain systems and structures and beliefs in place that have, I don't want to say forced us, but that really um, influenced us in one way of thinking. Yeah. Influenced us in one way of thinking. So whether it's, okay, this is the standard type of beauty and this is what you need to look like. So change your diet and change your exercise plan to try and morph your body into that body. Um, Whether it's working a nine to five, where if you're feeling fatigued, you still have to get out of bed and get to the office. There's not really an opportunity to take a nap or to have a slower morning. And so what do we do? Instead of listening to our fatigue, we start drinking a ton of coffee. We feel stressed at the end of the day. And instead of sitting and meditating or taking a walk out in nature, we pour ourselves a big glass of wine and we numb out watching Netflix. So if you're somebody who's interested in feeling better, if you're somebody who's interested in up-leveling your life or being a healthier version of yourself, the first step is to reconnect to your body. Mm. You've got to start tuning into the cues and the signals that your body is giving you. Are you hungry? Are you full? Are you tired? Are you thirsty? One of my favorite ways to start doing this is because a lot of people are like, I don't even know if I'm hungry or thirsty anymore. And I don't know if I need to walk in nature or, um, you know, another way our body speaks to us is through our energy levels. If you find you're going into work or hanging out with somebody or you're committed to an activity and you constantly feel drained afterwards, that's your body speaking to you to tell you that you are not in alignment right now, Mm. that there's an opportunity for change and to up level. Once you start listening to those messages and you start acting upon them, you create this like force with you and your body where you can start to build a life that's going to feel really good. Not a life that's full of stuff that our society has told us will make us feel good, but actually things that will make you as an individual human 
feel good. And so tuning into your body is really important. Um, start to notice your energy levels, start to notice your hunger and fullness uh, signals. And then there's something called a body scan. We have a free version of our body scan on um, the Raw Beauty Talks blog. So you can go to rawbeauty.co uh, slash blog. We also have it in our meditation package, a longer version. Essentially, you're going to close your eyes and you're going to scan from the top of your head down to your feet. And you're just going to notice any physical or emotional sensations that come up. So as you notice them, usually what we would do is we would drink the wine or the coffee or numb out with something. This time I want you to actually let yourself fully feel it. If sadness shows up, let yourself cry. Let yourself fully feel it. If you're feeling a lot of tension in your chest or anxiety, really focus in on that area and let yourself feel it fully. What does it look like? Does it, if you had to describe it to someone what would the consistency of it be? Is it like black tar? Does it feel like a heavy brick on your chest? And notice that the more attention that you pay to it and that the more you just open yourself up to allowing it to be seen and heard and felt within your body, it's going to dissipate. It's going to not be as strong. It's going to break apart. And that's how we start to move through these uncomfortable feelings that we have. We can't run from them. We have to feel them. We actually have to let ourselves feel them. So doing a body scan doesn't cost anything. You can do it anywhere. I've done them in my car. I've done them at the office. I've done them at home. You can do them sitting up or lying down before you go to bed. Just start to really tune into your body um, and to feel it. So yeah, that's, I would say one of my number one tools is learning to listen to your body. And the second one that I want to talk about is mastering your mind and mastering your mindset is something that takes time. Um, we have between 25 to 50,000 thoughts a day. And those thoughts can either be lifting you up, empowering you. It can be your hype squad, your cheer girl, whatever you want to call it, or it can be a nightmare. It can be bringing you down. It can be totally fear-based and, while we need that fear every once in a while, there's a difference between fear that is keeping you safe and fear that is keeping you small. And so it's really important to start to be able to differentiate the two. Now, as you become aware of the thoughts in your mind, I would highly recommend for anyone who's struggling with a bit of a fear-based negative mindset to start to look into meditation because it's going to allow you some space between your thoughts and your reactions. Uh, so that you can consciously start to change them. But you can go through a simple practice where you write down a belief that you have. I'm disgusting. I'm fat. I'm not as good as them. I'm a failure. Whatever it is. And really try to get back down to the root of where that belief came from and where it stems from. So did somebody say something to you at one point that made you believe that? Did you see a picture on social media or in a magazine that planted that belief? Once you can get to the root of it, it allows you to understand this isn't necessarily the truth. This was somebody's truth or a society's truth. Okay, great. And then kind of carry on through your life and consider other times when perhaps that belief was made stronger through events or people or a certain circumstance. Um, so often once we've planted a belief deep within us, we look out into the world to prove to ourselves that that belief is true. We start seeing all these things that happen. So say you have a belief, I'm fat. 
all of a sudden you open a magazine and the pictures that you see reflect a different body type than you have. And so, yeah, you believe that you're fat. Your belief has been uh, strengthened. And then maybe you go to a family dinner and you're eating your food and you notice your aunt's looking at you a lot. Ah, she's definitely looking at you because you're fat. That's what you tell yourself. Then the, the breakup happens. Of course the breakup happens and he's for sure dumped you because you're fat. So we continue to strengthen this belief within us because our mind doesn't like stories that don't have an ending. So it wants to prove to itself that it's right. And this creates our perception of the whole world. It changes our whole life. So notice those little events. And as we start to shine the light on it, it becomes a little bit easier to decide whether or not you're going to continue to carry on with that belief or are you going to plant a new one? And one of the easiest ways to plant a new one is to flip whatever negative belief you have into something positive and that is in the present. And that becomes a bit of a mantra for you. It becomes something that you can say to yourself. So instead of saying, there's no chance I will ever feel like I have enough money, you would flip it to my life is abundant and I have all the money I need right now. Yeah. And then just let that sink in going to feel weird at first and perhaps like you're lying to yourself <laughs> but really allow that to sink in keep saying it notice when that other thought comes up that fear-based thought and start to flip it into the more positive yeah oh, so much gold to unpack there so much just one thing i wanted to circle back to about what you're talking about meditation and you mm. just nailed it and i can personally I can personally agree with you on this that I've gone through it. I just had a breakup about two months ago. Okay. Uh, and it was yeah. sudden. It was, it was, it was shit. It was hell. And I was like, oh, you worst. know, I don't drink anymore. I quit drinking about eight, nine months ago. So I, I, I was like, okay, this, this sucks. So I decided to go to, to the Island. I sat in nature and I literally was like, all right, all right, breakup feeling this, this fucking sucks. This is yeah. sitting at the pit of my stomach. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to feel this. I'm going to breathe through this. And I literally would sit, in nature, I would meditate and then I'd journal like crazy. Yes. And I'd be like, anybody you guys listening out here, I'm telling you, and I'm going to do a solo episode on this, is that if you want to get this, if you want to get to the root and feel these things during a breakup, this is what I suggest. You go, you sit still and you feel it. You allow that feeling to, to, to come in because mm -hmm. it's okay to feel that. Yes. It's normal. We're humans. Not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. You're going to feel it. You, you own that feeling and go, hmm, okay, this sucks. What is this teaching me? Write down the feelings and then let it, and then let it go. And let honestly, go. I, I cannot stress this enough to anybody listening that I did this. I, I literally, when you're saying it, I got goosebumps again. <sighs> I'm serious because this, he, this helped me heal my breakup. I didn't go drink. I didn't go and do all the things that I would have in the past. Mm -hmm. Go sit in a, and drink my face off and then just fill this void that I think I need to fill all the time from these externals. I didn't do that. And I actually, I, after a week, I was like, wow, I actually feel better. Of course yes. it comes back. Of course, of course those feelings will come back. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah, but, you'll be triggered. Yeah. Something will trigger it. Yeah. It'll, it'll yeah. come back and then you go you deeper. Have, you have to be okay with that. Like almost invited, like, all right, all right. I'm going to learn mm -hmm. from this. It does suck right now, but I'm going to breathe through it. And it's amazing at the end of like a meditation out in nature, so many things are happening and you're like, <sighs> okay. I right. know. We're so scared of feeling our feelings, anything uncomfortable. We don't like it, but it's part of our human experience. 
Yeah. It's, uh, I, I love meditation. It's been, it's had such a profound effect in my life. <laughs> what kind of meditation do you do? Like, do you use an app or do you like to do just a Vipassana silent meditation with your breath? I, you know what? It's funny. I started using music. I started with calm. I started yes. with headspace, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I started with, you know, and then I, sometimes I'll use like Delta music at Delta wave at at night. But what I really prefer is to literally take my Bose earphones, turn off the side, like sit in silence, set yeah. it for a half an hour. I don't yeah. like, I don't like anything. I like just <sighs> peace and quiet. Yeah. And I literally will go into this zone of like, bliss that I can't explain to anybody that hasn't meditated, but anybody that knows when you hit that, you hit that spot, you're like, woo. Yeah, totally. You're like, what just happened? I know. And we don't get there sometimes and that's okay. And what I want to stress about meditation, and you can probably say the same is that it's okay. Whatever you're feeling, those thoughts come and go. That's the beauty of it. Some days you're going to, you're going to get more connected. Some days you're not right. Yes. And it's okay. If you do two minutes, that's a win. Yeah. You do three minutes, that's a win. That's good. There's no way you don't have to be a guru on a mountain meditating. No, no. Right? And, and, and that's the thing that people are like, hmm, what should be happening? Should I be getting like, should there be- All the butterflies like flying out of my head or whatever <laughs> it is. Uh, some days maybe, but a lot of the time you're just going to be processing feelings and things are going to show up. And yeah, you, you, you deal with those on the mat so that you can show up in life in the way that you want to show up so that you're not as reactive and it is such a powerful practice and I think we'll just see more and more people getting into it. I think it's a great recommendation to start with an app that feels right or guided meditations and then to deepen your practice as you feel like you're ready. What, what do you prefer? Like what's your... I started in the same way. I started with Headspace and um, some. there's this guy, Michael Seeley, who is... I don't know, his voice is just very relaxing. So I listened to his stuff a lot when I had my postpartum anxiety. And then um, I did uh, Michelle Campbellis, who's this incredible mind-body researcher and therapist who's Vancouver-based. She has a 12-week meditation course in Vancouver. And um, I did that. And that was what really taught me the Vipassana meditation and just getting comfortable in sitting with myself and my breath. And yeah. so, yeah, that's my favorite now for sure. Hands and down. You guys, it's the first two minutes is always going to suck. <laughs> like it, it does. You're like, why does this suck so much at first? And it's yeah. like, just sit through it. Just get through it. Challenge yourself. Be like, you know what? This is okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you're, and if you're looking for like some guidance at the beginning, Michelle and I actually just put together a meditation package with four yeah. guided meditations. We have um, a meditation one-on-one handout in that, that is uh, going to walk you through the basics of meditation. And so that's a really nice way to kind of dip your toe into it and to mm. try it out. It has a mental rehearsal in it, which is what I talked about before and a body scan as well. So yeah, you got yeah. a great thing there on your Instagram. I was looking at it. Um, you got, I'm going to make sure all that stuff, everybody can find you. It's, you got awesome information for people. And I, I really truly think you could help a lot of people. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I, there's, there's something that I just, I, there's a question that I wanted to ask you and I was going to ask you earlier, but, um, I feel it's still, it's still irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So with, with the body image, with, with, with how you feel and how you, you know, 
look at other people? What is the reason? Do you, are, is, are, is it women worried about what women think or is it women th- worrying about what men think? Because mm. it's always, it's fascinated me. Like, because a lot of times I yeah. know how men's brains are being, <laughs> I know that men don't care right. about some of the stuff these the women are doing these days about like, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm like, I don't, I, I don't care. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why they do things like, like, I don't no, know, get into it. Like, I don't know like why what? they worry about doing the lips and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand it because look for me, I love somebody that's just natural. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see if you, if that's something you want to do great, but like from a guy's perspective, like I don't, it's not for me because I don't, I don't know about other guys, but like, I, I don't understand it. Is it, is it like for the women versus women? Cause other women are doing it or is it, what is that? You know, I think it's our own inner struggle that we're going with. I think that in our society, women after a certain age disappear out of movies, out of magazines. It's literally like we no longer exist, right? I feel like men, you see yourselves, you see like the George Clooney's and the Brad Pitt's and you become more distinguished as you age. And there's like um, a real celebration of an an older man. Whereas how often do you see that with women? And so when we aren't able to see that, like I talked about earlier, there's a fear of literally disappearing. And so I think that's one piece of it. And then I think that again, when you're a woman and you are, um, I know for sure, like I've done things in the past because I thought that's what guys wanted. Yeah. Um, not my lips or things like that, because Scott is not down with any of that either. <laughs> He's totally like, don't touch your face. But let me tell you, it's hard. I've had Botox between my eyes and it's not anything to do with him or my girlfriends. It's because I look in the mirror and feel like, oh my God, you look so tired. And it creates a sense of insecurity within me. And then there's an easy fix out there now. And a lot of women are feeling insecurity and our appearance is something that we are taught to value from the time we're like two years old when we start seeing these disney princesses and barbies and and so as you start to lose that it can really challenge your sense of self so i constantly go back and forth in particular with botox because it is so easy and it's getting more and more affordable where i'm like this is not something that i want to do i you know i'm all about clean beauty and more natural products in our home. And so it feels totally unaligned to go and inject something into my forehead. Yeah. But at the same time, in a moment of weakness, I've done it twice. Like, I've, and one time was when I was 26 and one time was after having James, when I just looked in the mirror and was like, who am I? What happened to my body? And what happened to my face? I look yeah. so tired. So, you know, you have those moments and I don't judge women who are doing that at all, but to answer your question, like that's where it comes from most of the time, I think. It's it's an inner insecurity, and then we're fed these messages in the world telling us that we're not worthy if we don't look like that. And and yeah. It's, it's crazy because sometimes I just like some women are they're so beautiful and it's like they do it. I'm like, I just want to be like, why, why, why did you think it was necessary? I just want to like feel like you like not just to be like cheesy or cliche, but it's like you, you literally don't need to do that. Like, I don't yeah. know, but I mean, I'd be so interested to know for people who are listening right now, like if you can comment in the comments below, do you feel the same way as Lance or are you somebody who likes like the implants and wants their woman to be like put together, I guess 
I don't know, not that's put together, but like who's interested in that? Because I do think like we have a perception that a lot of guys are into that look by the way that they react to the Victoria's Mm -hmm. Secret show and Playboy and like all that. But um, I want to do a podcast interview on Raw Beauty Talks where we get like three or four guys and have a discussion about this and really break it down because I think it would be so helpful for women to hear it. I love natural beauty. I love it. I always have. I love the someone that can wake up in the morning and, and they like they're comfortable without makeup. I love that. I, yeah. I, I honestly like I, I that that and I, I embrace that. I'm like, you know what? That's amazing. Yeah. And like I just feel and I always encourage that in any of my relationships. I'm like, don't worry about, you know, you don't have to get all you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I, I just I don't know. I, I've always just been like I like to encourage people just in general. I mean, I did steroids when I was 19. Completely right, so fucked. you know. I know. I fucked up my whole hockey career because of it. I went in and my, I, I thought I needed to do this. I wanted to be this big tan. You know, I had the bleach blonde tips. I did steroids <laughs> yeah. one summer, my last year junior hockey, and I went into it and I was just like this tank. And yeah, I look, I look, I look ridiculous. I look like a blown up freaking freak. And I thought in my head that I looked good, you know, cause back then it was about getting big, like back in like 2001, yeah, yeah. guys wanted to get jacked and yes, I wanted to be totally. jacked. Go to the nightclubs when we're, you know, 18 years old and everybody's jacked, the bigger, the better, the more yeah. tanned you are. And I was like, I could get the girl then I could make, yeah. you know, make it, make, you know, make it to the NHL. But it, it I literally worked in reverse. Ugh, it's so, so hard to learn those lessons in that way. Right. But you yeah. know, this isn't just something that affects women. It affects men too. Totally. Like maybe there's, slightly different drivers but at the end of the day i think it's all more deep-rooted insecurity yeah um that's that's driving those decisions and choices and and that's why i love what you're doing because you're building that awareness to be like be the human you are embrace it it's a beautiful thing yeah you know what though it is an interesting conversation and that i've had to think about a lot and i was having this conversation with caitlin um the other day because she well, uh, anyways, what we were talking about is what does raw beauty really mean? And I think when we started the interview series without makeup or photo editing or filters, everyone took it very literally. Like raw beauty is um, an organization that supports women not wearing makeup and uh. not doing any of this stuff, which to me wasn't actually the case. To mm. me, raw beauty means standing in your own strength, whether you get Botox or you wear makeup or you don't and you let your armpit hair grow, like whatever feels right to you, not based on doing it for anyone else, whatever feels right to you, can you step into your strength and own that person and the choices that you make? And in order to do that, we have to make sure that the decisions that we're making, whether that's getting Botox or spending $500 on a purse or choosing not to wear makeup one day, we have to make sure that it feels aligned and good within. If it does, if you're like, I'm getting the Botox, life is short and I don't care, then go for it, girl. Who am I to say not to do that? You do you and you own that. And let's all start letting everyone live their own lives and do what feels right for them. You don't have to be the same as everyone else. In fact, that's what makes the world interesting. Yeah. Embrace what you have. It's just like, it's just like diet or nutrition, anything, whatever makes you feel good do more of that do less do of the shit of that, that yeah less of the shit that makes you feel bad and it's the same thing when it comes to hey if you feel good doing this stuff that's that's what I, the message i want to say is 
I, I just encourage people in general, like if you feel better doing this and that really rises, raises you great. That's, yes. that's the whole point of this life. Yes. Be the better, exactly. best version of ourselves without sounding like a cheese ball, but I'd get pretty cheesy sometimes. Um, <laughs> I like a good, uh, it's but, true, but though. be the best, like we only got one life. Why not do the best we can? And if, if whatever you need to do to raise that, just, you know, just ask yourself, like, what is the reason I'm doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and understand that, you know, do you need it? Yeah. If you want it, great, but em- embrace what you're doing. And I, I, I like what you said, because if you want to wear makeup, I mean, go ahead. That's great. Yeah. I'm Nobody not flinches like, if we color our hair. But I want to say like from my side, it's like from a guy, like I don't care. It like, doesn't, it's not like you got, it's a make or break. If you go and put this on or do this, yeah, it's not like, yeah. sorry, sorry. I only talk to people that have their lips done or tits <laughs> done. Like I was almost the opposite. I was always like, like, I don't know, but yeah. I, yeah, I, but you're going to be attracted to a certain person and, yeah. and some other guy might be attracted to something else. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it is all about figuring out what resonates for you, what feels aligned. For me, I'm realizing more and more like if I'm getting the Botox and it's in secret and I feel nervous to tell Scott and I don't like, it's not truly aligned with my highest self. And that's the journey that I'm on is deciding whether or not I'm going to do it. And, and so we all are on that on our own path and at our own time, we figure that stuff out, you know? Yeah. It's Caitlin's been on an interesting journey and I, I want to get her on too. It's been a while. We connected a little bit, but that's a really interesting thing space that she's in obviously, because mm-hmm. she's going from kind of like the lifestyle we lived and having that sort of, you know, that level that she's at, and people looking at her all the time, there's like, this a whole different leveling up challenges that are, Ugh. which fascinates me because it's like, wow, you know, yeah. and to be able to hold your own in that, in such a transformation, you know, because it happens so quick and it does sometimes. So how do you deal with the, the tools? Like, how do you get through that shit? Because yeah. people see the, the social media, people see, you know, the bachelor, the bachelorette, but like, then you're like, well, that's a real human too, though, that she's got to go through like these comparisons. And, and I find that really interesting. And, um, you know, that's yeah. just one example that, cause we both know her and it's amazing the journey and, and, and it really fascinates me how she's been able to hold herself. Right. Yeah, no, she's done it with such grace and it has been a journey. I mean, everyone thinks they want like immediate fame and success. And she was always somebody, as you probably remember, who was like, the one on the table performing and singing and, and like, she just always had this presence that would attract people to her. And she struggled when she got that fame at first, even though she was somebody who you'd think would just like thrive in that light. Um, it was, it was hard. And so, um, it's as exactly as you said, but she has like risen and up leveled and done the work and being committed to herself. And it really shows. Yeah. And I hear that more and more too, with pro athletes too. They're like, you know what? It's all great to play pro, but it's like, you guys don't see the, the other side of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you see all the glamor, but it's shitty sometimes. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you know, and that's just like that with anything. We, we see, we see the glamor, but we don't know that the loneliness and the, what's going on behind the scenes. So yeah. um, it's always great to kind of peel back the curtain with these people that are looked at as like celebrities or athletes and really get to the core of like, how great is that life? You know? And you know, Ronnie Turioff, he was, he won an NBA championship. He's like, man, I was so glad to get out of basketball. 
He was like, I was so yeah. glad. He's like, I'm so happy to get out of that shit. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you got to play with Kobe, LeBron James. I'm like, it's crazy. And, and like to hear that, that peace that he has now after basketball was just like, mm. that's, that's, that's like, okay, we got, yeah. you know, it's like, we, you know, and it just makes you be grateful for kind of what we have now, because you have to be, you have to enjoy kind of where we're at. And it's not always, you don't always have to get to that level to really be like you made it right. It's great, but it'll bring its share of struggles too. So. Oh, listen, if you're not working on your happiness right now, if you think that, you know, when you have that dream job or when you have that amount in your bank account or when you have that certain body type, whether it's being jacked up or super skinny or whatever it is, if you think that that's when the happiness comes, you've got it all backwards. And I can <laughs> put my hand up right now. And I'm sure, you know, many other podcast guests would say the same thing. If you're not working on building that happiness right now with what you have, if you're not practicing gratitude, if you're not focused on all the abundance in your life that you have right in this moment, and I know sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but if you're not working on those things right now and creating the feelings in your life that you want to feel when you have X, Y, and Z, they're not going to be there at that point either. That's just the reality. The next thing will yeah. come into place. The next goal post will be there that you want to hit. And so that's our greatest practice is finding peace in the now. Yeah. And that's, that's where the already seeing yourself, feeling yourself at that level, because the beauty is in the coming up. And I hear that from so many people, the journey that the rise is, is where the fun is. And if you already feel that you've hit that, I know this is really hard, you guys, but I, I, I really urge you to challenge yourself. If you have something, start, start working on your imagination, start visualizing what it feels like. What does it smell like? Where are you? What time of day is it? Like, all of that stuff yeah. and already picture yourself. And that's why what you say, it's like when you get there, well, when are you going to get there? You have to be there in your mind already mm -hmm. because when you get totally. there, it's not going to be what we usually, what we thought it's like, Oh, it's not like there's like, Hey, you've arrived. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. You're Daddy, here. Down. You made it. You yeah. made it. Life is over now. It's like, no. no, it's not how it comes. And like when you enjoy that process that, Hey, it's, it's, it's not linear. Yeah. Like it's going to be, it's going to be different. And yeah, I mean, often I could go, those moments go off come, on that for hours. <laughs> often those moments come and it's like you yourself and I, like it is, you are sitting by yourself at the computer and you're like, wow, that package just sold. Or yeah. huh, I just like hit that milestone. And there's maybe like one or two other people that you're sharing it with, but yeah, there's no golden buzzer or confetti coming down. And so start like, start the practice now of cultivating those feelings you want in your life. Where can we find you, Erin? I would love it if people popped over to say hi on Instagram at raw beauty talks. And also if, you know, any of the stuff that we're talking about here resonates, tune on into our podcast, which is also called raw beauty talks. It's available on iTunes, or you can link to any of the episodes on our website at rawbeauty.co. Perfect. You guys would be a fool to not go there right now and check it out. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave a review. She's doing amazing things. You're doing amazing. And I'm so, Thank you, it's Liz. so awesome to connect. And right have, back at you. It's, like, oh, it's so it, great to see because I know we've all gone through this journey the last 10 years and it's like, you know, we changed, but it's like when you, when you connect again, it's like, oh, you know, things are kind of the same. I know. Totally. <laughs> you know? I know. 
I could just picture you behind the bar and oh, God. making those drinks and serving people up. Oh, and oh, we had so was, much fun. Yeah. It took my life in, uh, not my, didn't take my life in Australia, but it like, it was, it, it was a crazy, crazy experience. I moved yeah. there for, for five, for five years. And yeah, it's, uh, that was kind of the start of the journey and man, yeah. what a, what an impact. Yeah. And it's funny everywhere I've worked, I had an impact and everyone I met had an impact in my life. And I just love that because I look back and I'm like, wow, you know, I met some pretty amazing humans. Well, you're doing awesome, awesome work, changing lives. And it's been so great to connect again. You too. You too. And one final question I always yeah. ask at the end. It's a bit yes. out of all the adversity, all the challenges, what is the one takeaway, the one lesson that you have learned that you can apply in your life and share with everybody else? Left the, I left, I left, yeah. the, I left the easy one to the end. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. It's just how to say it. But, you know, I'm, I assume there's probably a lot of men who are listening to this. So lots keep, of women too. keep your, keep your mind open as I say this, but investing in yourself, in your own self love and self care is the greatest investment that you can make. Because if you are not clear on where your heart's at, where if you're not connected to your body, um, and if you're not on your own team, then the journey is going to be such a struggle. So I really think it all starts with self love. Amazing. Self love, everybody. Mm-hmm. Get that self love. Do what you can. <laughs> Gotta love yourself. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. All right. Well, thanks very much. I really, really appreciate it, you guys. Make sure to check out Raw Beauty Talks, Aaron Chalor. Amazing, doing great things. Lots of, you know, if you need coaching, if you need, you know, meditative practices, all this kind of stuff, she's got it. Make sure to check her out. And uh, yeah, again, thank you so much. Thanks, Lance. All right. <laughs> love you guys. Have a great day. Hope you guys enjoyed that. As I said before, go check out Raw Beauty Talks, Erin Chalor. She's got a list of different things that you can do. She can help you out whatever way. She's got a really great, great thing going on, helping a lot of people, had some really awesome people on her show. So go there after this. Go check her out, subscribe, leave a review, and let her know that you heard her on this show. Text a friend. Do whatever you can to spread the love, guys. I love and appreciate all of you. You guys have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.